0: Last week, we, um, we started looking at uh, discipleship, looking at this year, um, how we... I haven't got a clicker-clicker thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. So I shall I gesture to... You'll know where I'm going, James. You, I'm sure you'll pick it up. Um, starting a discipleship... Uh, journey and um, with our life groups we're going to be looking very quickly overview of Matthew's gospel and and just picking out some significant uh, episodes in the uh, associating of the disciples with Jesus then we can pick up some ideas and outlines and guidance on how we could be better disciples and um I just wanted to sort of lead in a little bit today because this is a sort of a... Uh, last week we, we, we spoke about the resistance or people struggling to come into discipleship. I don't know if you remember, um, the second slide here just lists up the uh, points from last week's message. One of the things I spoke about last week was the fact that um, people sometimes struggle with discipleship because they struggle with Jesus and they haven't quite... Uh, God in their minds that uh, Jesus is and these are the things that I, I sort of pulled out of his character that he is the one who has authority He is ruling and he's reigning so as a disciple we come under his headship his passion and his desire is to seek and to save the lost his desire his heart is to go out for those who don't know him and haven't got a relationship with their heavenly father so saving is a priority We also picked up on the fact that uh, Jesus' desire is that we would not uh, be servants, but recognize that he calls us to be his friend. I have a friend called Jesus. And every person who gives their life to God then comes into that uh, friendship relationship. It's no longer are you servants, you are my friends. That's what we picked up on last week. And he's persistent, he perseveres, he continues to chase. His desire is that all should be saved. So that persistence is a characteristic trait. And when we uh, come into a a relationship with God and we start our discipleship journey, we've got to recognize that, that he is even more passionate about us getting to know him than we are. And just to I don't know what it's like for you, but do you know what? If you get around somebody who's passionate about something, you get s- sort of stirred up, don't you? I'm not a football fan. I don't, I don't really get into football at all. But I certainly know that if I'm around people who are excited about football, I'll watch it. And I'll get involved in some way, shape or form. And that passion of his perseverance and and his desire for people should rub off onto us. We also picked up on the fact that Jesus isn't just sitting around now twiddling his thumbs. He's in heaven. No, he's interceding. And his intercession is that we would know day by day that he is empowering us to live out a life for his honor and for his glory. Then we just picked up on those last couple of things there and stated that Jesus uh, reminds us that he is coming back. We haven't got all the time in the world He is going to come back and meet with us and take us to be with him where he is. And then that overshadowing of uh, his character, the fact that he is so tender and loving and gentle. You know, he's not pursuing you with a big stick. He invites you with open arms. That's what I love about our Jesus so that's where we started last week and therefore what I want to do is just pick up a little bit more about what does it mean then if, if we get those things in our mind and we can remember those things and allow those to permeate into our lives of who Jesus is and we allow him to sit there on the throne in our lives then what does it mean to therefore be a disciple? And this verse here comes out for me from uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. I like the ESV, the English Standard Version. Um, I've put the NIV, many people read the New International Version. But the English Standard says it, I I like the way it says it. Jesus says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So discipleship. Begins with following. Followership, I suppose, is the more uh, accurate way of defining what discipleship is about. It's about following. And who are we following? We're following Jesus. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be followers of Jesus. This next slide just picks up on the fact that there's... A head understanding. I'm going to talk about this morning three, three points. So I'm going to talk about the head, I'm going to talk about the heart, and I'm going to talk about hands. It's great that they're all three H's, which is quite cool. So let's start with the head. The head is about knowing. Knowing who Jesus is. And that sort of reflects upon where we were at last week. It's knowing who he is, and then allowing him to be the head over our own lives i was going to write these words up for you on um, on the uh, screen but um, it just takes up so much room so i'm just going to read this to you so you can sit very comfortably and uh, i'll read to you these words from uh, luke chapter 5 One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats that were left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Simon, put out into deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered him, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in another boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this he fell at Jesus' knees and said go away from me Lord I am a sinful man for he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken so and so were James and John the sons of Zebedee Simon's partners and Jesus said to Simon don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people so they pulled their boat up onto the shore left everything and followed him One of the things that I just recognize when I read those words is that there is an encounter with Jesus at the seashore, right there on the shore, that transforms these men's lives. They're fishermen. They have fished all night. They've caught nothing. They're cleaning their nets. Jesus comes along. He gives some instructions. They follow the instructions. And it's Simon Peter who is absolutely astonished at what happens. And he recognizes that Jesus isn't just a good teacher. There's something about him that is worthy of his attention. So he knows him. And now he gets the opportunity to really start to know him. Jesus' call to him and to the other brothers is, Come and follow me. Come and follow me. As I said, don't go ahead of me. Don't drag behind me. I don't know how many people I've come to know over 27 years in Christian ministry who seem to have themselves running ahead of Jesus or find themselves dragging behind or have their own agendas that they're trying to work out. The call is very, very simple for a disciple is to follow Jesus. Jesus. I'll just put it in its absolute basic terms. We're we're meant to be doing exactly what he does. So when you walk in to any situation, you are Jesus. Because you're following him. I love what it says in John 12, 26. It says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. The one, Whoever serves me follows me. And I think one of the things we have to check ourselves on on a regular basis is, am I following Jesus? I'm not just getting into a rut. I'm not just doing the things that I've always done. Am I following him? Is he telling me something fresh? Is there something new that I need to respond to today? You see, the key thing about being a disciple of Jesus is that we are following one who is alive. So, therefore, he may be tweaking us and turning us and directing us. As we spend time, as we talked about with the Hoover, as we spend time in the Word of God, as we spend time in prayer, as we spend time with brothers and sisters in Christ, we might find that he's molding and shaping and directing us. Let's not just do what we've always done. Let's be sensitive to hear him right here, right now. Am I hearing you, Lord? I want to follow you, therefore I want to be attentive to you. This morning I took Bruce out for a walk and uh, we go over the park. Now I go with Bruce in a certain, the farthest end of the park. And what happens is it's woodland, a little bit of woodland, and we walk out of the woodland, then it opens up. And one of the things that Bruce does... Um, and I didn't teach him this because there's no way that I can run as fast as him, but as soon as we get to this open bit, he starts to run, and he runs, and he runs past the children's play park, past and right through the main part of the open park, past the Beggarwood Cafe, beyond that, and then he does a loop around at the top end by the, uh, the Holly Blue Pub. Now, at this point in time, I can just see, just about see him, in the distance, just about see him in the distance. And then what happens is he starts to come back around. I think it's the sheepdog in him. He's, I, I don't know what he's trying to herd up, but he leaves me behind and then he heads off. But as he gets right over in the distance, all I have to do is call his name and he comes flying around and flying back to me. It's, it's brilliant to watch. I, I, I love it. I, I get quite excited when I go across there. But the thing about it is, he knows my voice. He was 10 months old yesterday. We were going to have a little party, but uh, we're going to wait for his big birthday on the 8th of March. We may celebrate. You may celebrate with me. We may do something here. (laughs) I want you to look forward to it. It just happens to be Carol's birthday as well. Yeah. And that's going to be the trouble, isn't it? The trauma of of emphasizing Bruce being one or Carol being, I won't go into the age situation. The thing about it is that Bruce knows who the head is, who's in charge. And when I call him, he he comes back. I make a point of not calling him too often because that gives him the opportunity to disobey me. So once or twice on a walk, I'll call him and then he comes back. And that's the key thing for us as disciples is that we are attentive to his voice. We can go off. But we're aware of the tweaks that he wants to bring and he draws us back to follow him. So we know him and he's the head. The the second thing that I want to pull out is is the heart image as well about being a disciple. It's... uh, when we step into a relationship with Jesus, the key thing about it is that he loves you just the way you are. Just, just, to, just need to know that. He absolutely is devoted to you and passionately loves you. But his love for you is so intense that he does not want to leave you the way that you are. He desires to change us. And in changing us, he's helping us to become more like himself. That's what he does. We just spoke very briefly last week, and we'll unpack it later on. Uh, maybe the text for the year is that John twenty twenty two, when the, Jesus says, I, you know, I breathe the Holy Spirit upon you. As we come into a relationship with God, he breathes himself into us and onto us. And the whole focus of that is that there would be transformation this is what it says in john 15 It says i am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful the transformation that he wants is that we would be fruit bearers that we would bear fruit that we wouldn't be just the way that we are that we would Be fruitful in our lives. So then you have this uh, image, don't you, of what is fruit. And it says in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So here's the question. How do I grow those fruit in my life? How have you grown? this? Now, this isn't... It's one of those questions where I'm asking the question and I would like an answer. So it's not rhetorical. Rhetorical means you don't get an answer, is that right? Okay, so if rhetorical means you don't get an answer, this is not a rhetorical question. Right? How do I see these fruit growing in my life? There's nine fruit, just nine that we can start with. So how do you get them to grow? Anybody got any idea? Here we go who feed them them. so how would we feed what 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 are you talking about when you say we need to feed to get these fruit so spend time in the word of god okay so spend time in the word of god that's good good place to start let's start with god's word okay I need more love in my life, more joy in my life, more peace. I've struggled with patience. Um, Kindness is eluding me. Goodness is a distant memory. Faithfulness, I struggle. Gentleness, yeah, that's well out the window. Self-control, totally forget that. Right, I need to improve. I need to grow those fruit. Because if we go back to that verse uh, from John 15, it states there that uh, the father is going to cut off. This sounds quite uh, painful, doesn't it? It's cutting stuff off. So if there's going to be stuff cut off, how can I grow these fruit? Say again? Practice Practice them. Let's let's pick one then. I need to know, um, I want to grow more kindness. So I'm asking you today, how can I grow more kindness in my life? Say that one again. Take every, opportunity. Take every opportunity to be kind. Okay. Is that what everybody else would do? Or am I just thinking that this is only me who struggles with this? Pray. Pray? Okay. We could pray. Anything else? I think, I think what just comes out, just a few comments here, is that the definitive way to grow the fruit is to start to walk out in those fruit. Is that right? So, to be more loving, I want to be more loving in my life. Therefore, I've got to say In my prayer time that we've been talked about, I say, Lord, would you help me to be more loving in every situation that I find myself in? Well, let's not go too wide. Because sometimes we can go, okay, Lord, you know, you're saying I must be loving to everyone. And I'm struggling at the moment with the person in front of me in the queue that's got 14 items in the 10 items or less basket. And I'm struggling to love them. So let's, let's, let's keep it short at the moment. Let's think about a situation where there is a need for a bit more love. And we pray and we ask God to fill us with his Holy Spirit and to help us to love in that situation. Is there a situation at this moment in time you are struggling to love through? And if that is in your life at this moment in time, then this is the counsel from the body of Christ here this morning. Ask God to give you the love that you need in that situation. And I suppose in one sense, it's all the time recognizing his love for us took him to the cross. So whatever love I need in the situation that I'm dealing with, all I've got to do is look through the cross. And if he loved me that much, I can love into this situation. Does that sound all right? Okay, be a bit practical, it's trying to be a bit practical, because we've got all these other fruit, love, joy, joy, there are some people that, um, I mean I, I can read in the scriptures that Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy, there, there was joy radiating over him, and yet there are Christians that I, I've often thought to myself, they have deep joy, and it is very very deep, because you don't get to see it, it's so deep. Deep joy should be a joy that is rooted in our relationship with God to a point that it overflows. Well, I'm not joyful, Lord. Would you give me the joy that I need and an opportunity to express that joy around? Not that I'm going to be a pain and annoying to people. And say, oh, here comes Dave again. He's always full of beans, isn't he? But may joy The joy of the Lord is our strength. That's what we're told in scripture. So fruit. So there's this very clear call that we're called to follow me. What's Jesus doing? He's saying follow me. And then what are you going to do when we start following you? He says I will make you. He's going to change us, transform us. And he's going to see us bearing fruit. And I can grow fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is something that I can grasp hold of. And if you take hold of those fruit from Galatians chapter 5, and when you've got areas that are tricky, ask for his help. This next slide here is, I'll just just pick up on the fact that, that's the one before actually. Um, The idea is that what you know in your head moves to your heart. And when it's in your heart, it starts... To manifest in your daily life. You see the key is that we are to follow him. He'll transform us. And then this last thing which is the hand. Is the fact that we would have the same mission passion that Jesus has. I love the fact that, uh, as I was writing this out, uh, that Jesus' people are people people. Jesus' people are people people. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be people people. We're called to care about people. And the greatest concern that we are uh, given is to recognize that there is a uh, two-lane road and then there comes this fork and there's a fork and at this fork there is an opportunity to make a decision and the decision is that I will follow God have a relationship with Jesus recognize my sinfulness recognize the price that he's paid for me upon the cross to reconcile me with God and I can make a decision to follow God or I can turn the other way and scripture says We'll find ourselves lost in our sins. This is what it says in... uh John chapter 8, once more Jesus said to them, I'm going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. (laughs) He says it pretty clear, doesn't he? You're going to die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says this? Where I go, you cannot come. But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he you will indeed die in your sins. And that's the, 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 the junction, isn't it? That because we are people people, we have a passion for people, our desire is to ensure that when people come to this junction in their lives, they make the decision to follow Christ, rather than to find themselves lost in their sins. There's this beautiful verse in John chapter 14, very well known, very well known. It says very clearly there that Jesus is saying that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. The only way is Jesus' way. And when we find ourselves caught up in the excitement and the passion of being a disciple of Jesus, we are a people people because he loves people. His desire is that no one would be lost in their sins. And because we follow him, that's our desire. You know people who don't know Jesus. You know people who are caught at this moment in time in the ways of this world. And what a privilege that you have to share with them the love of Jesus. Begin by praying for them. Praying that you would have an opportunity to speak with them. Praying also that others would pass their path or cross their path and help them to come to a realization that the God of heaven loves them and desires a relationship with them. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this for Christ's love compels us and that's what happens because when we find ourselves in the relationship with Jesus and the love that we're receiving from him we can't help but share that love with others we're following him that's the head that I know him and he is my head we're called to be transformed and i will make you he's going to mold us and shape us and that third point there which is the hand the doing is fishes of men because we are people people following a people person our desire is going to be to reach out to those who are lost we know him he's changing us and we're looking out for opportunities To share with the world the amazing love that Jesus has for them. Allow me to lead you in prayer. This morning, Lord, we confess that we don't know you as you know us. We confess that we have not spent time in your presence, we've not sought your face. Our prayer time has been fickle. Our Bible reading has been hit and miss. Would you forgive us, Lord? Help us to get to know you. May 2022 be a year when we find ourselves fully immersed in what it means to be a disciple of yours. Lord, we want to know you and grow in our relationship with you. And as we grow, Lord, we pray that we will bear fruit. And those fruit that we spoke about in the book of Galatians, Lord, would you give us opportunity to grow in those character traits that we would be a people who are recognized because those fruits grow abundantly upon us. And even here this morning, Lord, we can think of situations that need a bit more love bit more peace a bit more patience a bit more kindness some faithfulness some goodness some self-control all of those things lord and as we press into you as we draw near to you would you help us lord to see those fruit grow and would you just give us lord a passion for people. We remember in our own lives, Lord, those who are involved in bringing us into a relationship with you. Help us, Lord, to be a catalyst for others, that others too may walk with you and know what it is to have Jesus as Lord of their lives, the one who is so compassionate, so loving, so gentle, so kind. We commit ourselves on our discipleship journey to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.